author, and she's very popular. And you know, she's one of those women who's like every moment counts, and she's churning her own butter, looking out in the horizon with her like six homeschooled kids. And I'm like, I am a failure. I suck. <laughs> Now we're talking. One letter. <laughs> Come on. Awesome. I'm so happy you guys are here. Uh, we're, we're so excited to be here. I'm, I am, I'm just, it's kind of surreal to me for me to be on this podcast with you because I've been following your ministry and your family now for, for years now. And so to be on the podcast well, is crazy to me. I, it's like, I, this is the podcast that I listen to. No, on that's my awesome. LA traffic. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, and actually, you definitely inspired this particular conversation because uh, just following you and what you've been doing online and what you've been doing in different places, and then also connecting with you probably about a year ago when Charlie Champ and I were in town. Yes, and I was I came thinking, to watch you guys preach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was thinking, like, like look at what look at what God's doing in your life. I wonder if there are others in the greater LA area that are like where the Lord's doing stuff in their lives, and they're and they're kind of just in the trend. They're doing stuff on the front lines of entertainment and, and just being an influencer, but yet there's this very supernatural dynamic, this very prophetic kind of thing. Yeah. And like just looking at this, the new front lines of ministry within the entertainment kind of space. Yes. So seeing as, uh, hey, this is what God's doing T. God's got to be doing it in, in the lives of so many others. And that's what we've been discovering all, all throughout the day today. Many incredible people, but you definitely inspired the initial kind of thought of coming here and just... <gasps> hosting these conversations to see what Jesus is oh doing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. So here we are. It actually here happened. We are. I'll tell you one more thing. So Charlie was supposed to be here. Yeah. Charlie Sham. He's in Pakistan. He's in Pakistan. Yes, I follow his family as well. Yeah, 400,000 people. I saw that. Last night. Isn't that, that incredible? That was insane. And I mean, they're bringing up people in wheelchairs and they're getting healed. They brought up I saw a little, you know, a little boy who was deaf and he could hear. Like he was hearing what Charlie was saying on stage. Amazing. Yeah, and you see the guy that, that came out of the ambulance? They brought him in the ambulance. I didn't see that And part. Charlie was in the ambulance and one of our one of our elders and pastors is actually there with Charlie. It was actually you can hear him in the background uh-huh. and they're praying for for this guy in this ambulance that was basically just about dead and and um and he comes out of it like apparently he got healed and they brought him out on stage but like when i saw them praying just a little bit of footage i was just watching today in between conversations it didn't look like he was going to be going anywhere this right. guy you know and so apparently the power of god just came on him and so anyways charlie was like all right so what like so i shared with him the vision about coming here he's like count me in what are the dates okay great right but charlie's <laughs> not an administrator at all so I was like in Moravian Falls just a couple weeks ago. He's like, what are those dates again? I was like, what are you talking oh about? It's gosh. like in three weeks, you know? That sounds like me. That sounds like me and my husband talking. Yeah. I'm like, you're going, right, we're going where? What are we doing? And yeah. he's like, I've sent you the itinerary 17 times. That's all. Is, like, is, he, is he more administrative? Yes. Yes. That's awesome. I'm getting there. He inspires me to be that way every day. That's great. Yes. <laughs> That's great. We're, and and I'll, we'll be meeting tomorrow at noon. Yes. Uh, Hoffa and I will sit down and dive into some stuff. Yeah. But anyways, I think with Charlie, like that was like the courage that I needed to actually kind of run with this. Charlie was like, yeah, of course I'll do it. And then I was like, all right, well, I guess Charlie's coming. Andrew's <laughs> like, you better set up some conversations, you know? And so you kind of, you helped with that yeah. and we're able to make some stuff happen, but we're actually doing it. So this doing is, this it, is really cool. 
this is amazing. And we were just talking about how I saw your your Instagram post and like you're posting pictures of your guys' vans, like your caravan at like 4 a.m. <laughs> and I was just thinking in my mind, yes, that's that's exactly. I mean, I come from touring, you like actually tour life. Did, but the real, you actually did legit touring. Where but every, this is what it is. Well, yeah. You're up all night. You might be traveling with kids. Now that's my life. Now I'm traveling with kids. You are, you're either traveling by plane, by van, by whatever. You zero sleep and you're going to do it again tomorrow and you're in a different city tomorrow. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I said to Andrew, I wish there was like, you know you can get Crest whitening strips for your teeth? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I wish there was like, you know, it's basically this portable kind of thing that in the old days only dentists could do that, right? right. You have to only So you can do stuff now that only dentists could do. I wish that they actually had something like that but for like Botox under your eyes because like when we did the, the right. Sunday morning 7 a.m., like I had the biggest bat. I was just yeah. like, all right, here we go. We're going to do a podcast. And so I wish they had just some little needle thing where you can just be like (laughs) and then just look like amazing well those things I do have tricks for there are tricks for that okay awesome because I would go out do concerts and then sometimes after the concert is the meet and greet or the after party that you have to show face at because press is there and you're there until 2 a.m. and then you by the time you get to the hotel it's 3 30 and your flight is at 6 which means you got to get up at 4 which like it's zero and then plain sleep is not plain it's yeah, not sleep. right 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 and so you know our makeup artists would put us up on game of oh use these sticky eye patches you know because then whatever city we landed in we had to do the morning news on that Oh wow! On that okay. morning to promote for the show in that city that night. Yeah, <sighs> that's that's awesome. And I, that's stuff they don't teach you in Bible school, you know. <laughs> right, right. Just stick um, this the, in your the, eye. You the know, traveling, the traveling, and the the how much wear and tear it does on your body and on your brain and on your just your thinking to be able to just think clearly at the next thing you're going to be at. I always say that touring more than anything else in my life, touring is what kind of maybe prepared me more than the average for parenthood really because it was the same once the kids came i was like oh zero sleep yeah still have to think straight yeah i still got to wake up early still got to do all my regular things right right. and um yeah and just got to do and shine yeah for me it was part of my job is i also got to shine through it i also got to be on whilst not having any yeah no that, that's a great thought that's a great thought i mean I, I like this is great in like in an isolated amount of time right but i can't imagine doing that night after night after, you know for a season for like a three-month period of time or two-month period of time so it's yeah it's the worst and best time yeah that you ever have yeah it's the worst and it's the best yeah and then it's the worst yeah but it's, and the, and best. it's the worst and it's the best <laughs> yeah um and uh so yeah you are so you're doing all this like you're doing you're you're, you're doing you're doing you're you're doing this mommy thing you're you're doing this um Lots you're, of you're mom doing media. all kinds of stuff right like you're you're all over the map you're doing all all this all this stuff um but you're also a supernaturalist you're 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 you're, you're prophetic you're a dreamer I've never been actually called that before yeah but yes well I you're guess, not religious right yeah you're very connected to to Jesus and yeah. you have this very vibrant um dynamic with the lord where he's leading you and guiding you and your i mean and so that's what i'm excited to really kind of hear your story as far as this this incredible journey is as far as where you know how how you how you got here yeah and what i thought was really interesting is when we were here in la last time you shared with me something i thought was was fascinating you said i'm also a pastor's kid yeah. i was like what so what did that what did that look like 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 kind of growing up in in, in an environment where there's lots of church meetings on church services yeah. and, and parents where people are looking at them like like they were these spiritual heroes. Yes. Um, 
before they became that, they were the exact opposite, my okay. parents. My okay. parents, they had me when they were 14. I was born to two 14-year-old drug-dealing gang members. Wow, wow. <laughs> so um, it was a very different life, and I'm the oldest. I've got four sisters. There are five of us, Okay. and I'm the oldest. So I, I mean, I grew up with my parents in a sense. I still had very much this very big respect, like you are mom and dad, and they were that, but they were learning a lot. They were, I mean, I would go to kindergarten, my mom was still a teenager, you know? Um, it was, for me, rem I, I still remember those times. I remember the drive-bys at, at our house. I remember wow. wow. drive-bys, my, my shootouts my parents were doing, you know, and they were doing them with police, they were doing them with rival gangs, they were wow. doing them to each other. My, my, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to each only, other. only God can do this. Yeah. My parents are still married and could not be more in love with each other. But my mom has shot at my dad. My dad has stabbed my mom. You know, my mom got shot for my dad when she was pregnant. Like that oh was the goodness. kind of life that I lived when I was little. And I had a conversation with someone recently that, and she asked me, weren't you just so stressed out as a kid? That was normal for me. Mm. And um, although my parents were probably the extreme version where I grew up, mm -hmm. like in the hood that I grew up in, it was normal to be like, oh, your dad's locked up, my dad's locked up. Um, you know, on Sundays we go visit our dads in jail, like that type wow. of thing. Wow. And it wasn't out of the norm. Um, my grandma and my dad were locked up at the same time. My grandma was also a dealer. What was your grandma up to? <laughs> she was a dealer. She was a dealer too. So it, it was generations of your it. Your grandma was a dealer. My grandma was wow, a dealer. Wow, okay. And so it was generations my of My grandmas it. wouldn't even say the, the word fart because they, <laughs> they thought it was a swear word. Well, I had one grandmother who was like that. My mom's mom who came straight from okay. the rancho in Mexico and she lived here in California when I was born. And so she was very much like that. Okay. She was also very religious, very Catholic. Okay. She was like spraying holy water every time my mom and my dad were like, my dad wasn't even allowed at her house, like that type sure, of thing. Sure, sure. When I was born, I my mom knew that that was probably the safest place for me. Okay. So even though my parents were my parents, I was with them all the time, majority of the time my grandmother was my like anchor she was really? the one who was my and my mom knew that my mom at her young age was smart enough to know this is where she's going to be safe wow this is going to be her consistency every day so my grandma was a, a lot like that cool, for, cool, for cool. me and i even call her mom as well wow um so at one point my dad's older brother um had given his life to god and he invited my dad to church. This is how the story goes. And my dad might, I, I hope I'm getting the details right. He, he brought my dad to church and I was already, I don't know how old, but he brought my dad to church. My dad went up to the altar, got prayed for, and he said, like something happened. He didn't know what happened, but something happened. He went home that night. He tried to get my mom to go. My mom was like, uh, are you insane? Cause you gotta understand at that time we had money, we had, things i had lots of things we had lots we have cars wow we had motorcycles anything that you could think of we had and my parents would just roll around with these wads of thousands of thousands of dollars wow. worth of wow. cash wow. um and so my mom was like i'm sorry who where where are we going because she had really fallen in love with that lifestyle okay because that's not where she came from she sure. met my dad and was infatuated with it and they became this little bonnie and clyde so they were they were about that life my and goodness. she was like you're not, gonna, you're not gonna take this money for me right. what do you mean church right 
But she ended up going, and she said, this is the church that I grew up in, and her part of the story is that she walked in and the pastor started preaching about something that she started looking around because he was speaking, you know, to her heart and, and saying things that maybe only she knew on the inside. And she was just like, oh, this is a setup. I got set up. Like, is that what's happening here? Is that a narc? Wow. Does he know what we're doing? That's what she thought. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> she thought that the pastor was a narc. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and that... This whole thing was a setup to catch my parents. Oh my goodness. And so she had a bunch of drugs on her. She went to the bathroom, the women's bathroom, rolled it up in some in some uh, paper towels and stuffed it at the bottom so that she could come back for it because she was just like, I don't know what's happening, but people know This what's is up not with how us. I'm going down. I'm not going down at church. Yeah, <laughs> not going down in church. That's um, incredible. She ended up also then, you know, shortly then after giving herself to to God as well. And then with that, then all of a sudden we were like, oh, we, we go to church now? It was me and my sister, the sister right after me. And the next day they got married, my parents. Wow. Um, it was it was insane. It was it happened so quickly. And it literally went from one day to the next. One day, I never knew if they were gonna be home or not. Now saying that as a mom, that sounds crazy to me because I'm a mom and I have kids. But when I was my daughter's age, I did. if they weren't home on time, I assumed they were either dead or in jail. Wow. And that's, it's, it's not okay, wow. you know? Wow. And, but wow. then all of a sudden we, we went to church and then I saw them get married. And I... And how old were you when, when this, during this whole probably, time? probably, yeah, I was probably six. I was probably my daughter's age. And then my younger sister, the one right after me, was probably um, my, young, my youngest daughter's age. And I remember having her on my lap, my little sister, watching my parents get married. I didn't know what just happened. <laughs> like, so at six years like, old, you're not really, place? you're not really thinking like, you're not really thinking like this is weird or this is like, cause you're just kind of observing your, your parents making these decisions, right? Like you're like, okay, so things are changing. So, I mean, did you have a sense of excitement or a sense of caution or were you just kind of like, this is what mom, wow. Okay. So this is happening. I just thought, wow. So this is what we're doing. Yeah. Now. It's interesting because that that sounds like such a young age, but oh, there's this great line in in the 50 Cent movie, Get Rich or Die Trying. It's one of the beginning lines yeah. where he's a kid in the movie. And he says, people think that kids don't see anything, but kids see everything. Wow. I knew exactly what my parents did for a living. Wow. I knew exactly how I was getting these clothes. I know, knew exactly how I was getting taken care of. I had already made many decisions by the time I was that age. One of which was, I'm going to take care of myself. I have to take care of myself. Wow. I have to do my own homework. Wow. And that didn't, you know... That didn't mean that I loved my parents any less or anything like that. It was just you assess your environment and you go, oh, I have to do X, Y, and Z wow. because my parents are young, because they're out doing this and that. And so we went to church. I was just like, oh, okay, so this is what we're doing now. And then, you know, they were young Christians, but I'm telling you from one day to the next, they, it was a complete turnaround. I got to say, my parents are very, they are extremists. It went from that <laughs> to the next day, they were like, we want nothing to do with anything we ever bought with drug money. The thing with that, the problem with that <laughs> is, that was everything we had. So they, they just, they got rid of it. They wow. gave away the cars, they gave away everything, everything. We had zero, we had nothing. And I remember that. I remember going from 
having everything to having, you know, a pinto that someone let us borrow that we. Like, they weren't really pastored. They weren't really down. pastored through that transition. Like, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there's a way to do this. And you then, know? right. And then my dad, you know, then my parents, they're having more babies. And my dad, I remember, you know, he was, we were at one point, there were six of us living in a one bedroom apartment. Oh my and goodness. when I say, it was very small. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a New York style apartment. And so in our one bedroom, my parents had their bed and then we had bunk beds next to us, next to us. And so it was two people on each bed. My parents are two, two and two. And it was right across the street from the church. So that was helpful because we could just, that our church was, became then our whole life. It went from the crime life being our whole life wow. to church being our whole life. And so, um, it, I mean, the, the the problem with my dad giving away everything was that we had nothing and he had no money to, to or no means of getting any because his only job experience was as a drug dealer. He was really good at it. But you can't get a job if you've never finished high school and don't have any job experience. But he took a job making wow. minimum wage at wow. that point. Good for him. And um, so crazy. So I don't know how... I don't know how they did that, but they sure did. And he didn't have any job experience, so that was the best job he could get, and he was trying to take care of all of us. And during those times, during those first early church years, I remember there being, there was just not a lot. That we didn't have a lot. Our car kept getting repossessed. It got re- repossessed on Christmas. Oh no! Time, and we left all of our presents. So Mexicans have Christmas then on Christmas Eve, okay. after midnight. We open our presents, and so. We were at my grandmother's, I'm sure, or somebody, our aunt's house, and we put all of our presents to go home, and we all knocked out, we fell asleep, and in that same apartment, my dad carried us inside. The next morning, our car was gone with all of our presents, because we never unloaded. Like, it was those type of times in the beginnings of church, but of course, I I also remember- Who wants to be a Christian? Right. (laughs) Right? Like, who wants to to sign up? Like, I know. But I also remember during those times where, you know, were the times when- people would just come and randomly drop off crazy amounts of groceries at our oh, house wow. Wow. Or, or like gifts when we needed it the most. Like it was also those times of just like depending on God for completely everything and him coming through every time. Seeing because, those miracles. Because you had to. There was no other way than just, I just got to believe for it. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. And then, and after that, you know, my parents, my dad, <laughs> On some old charges from before they became Christian, he ended up having to go back to jail. And um, we would go visit him. My mom would take us to go visit him in jail. And while he was there, he started a Bible study, you know, did all that stuff. There, were, He's got crazy stories from being in prison when... Um, this is why I love your, your show so much. When I was listening to Nancy Cohen, yeah. I was like... This is a different version of the of the stories that I'm familiar with. Yeah. But the same type of things, you know, where he had hits out on his life, on his head, and you know, the prison guards were facilitating it to make it happen. And so they'd lock him in the room with one other dude from a rival gang that the gang my dad used to be a part of. Um, and he couldn't kill him. Really? He, yeah, the other guy couldn't kill him. And would give his life to God, like like crazy. he would try and wouldn't be able he would to, try, and then he just, just repent. Break and, down and oh my goodness, yeah. And 
it was this crazy thing going on in prison and that was the beginning of church and those are the stories that I'm used to those are the things that I was so used to happening all around me all the time in our church because our church really you know the spirit was moving in our church that's what I was used to from the beginning of my church life of my Christian life that's what I was used to so I mean, fast forward to... That became like the normal Christian experience as a child. So you knew a life of extreme crime, and then you, were, and then all of a sudden it shifted into a life of extreme Supernatural things happening yeah. all the time. Yeah. That's what I think I was birthed in in, my, in knowing Jesus. And um, so, I mean, fast forward to when I came here to L.A., I didn't find churches like that. And so that disappointed me. Totally. But um, going back to my childhood, so my dad started preaching. My mom's a singer. She would sing. You know, so then they would travel. He would preach and she would sing. And then he would do a lot of like the Spanish services and him and his partner. You know, my, my uncle, we would call him Uncle Mundo, who's since passed away. You know, my dad would be on fire doing the English version and he would be on fire doing the Spanish. And they were both tag teaming awesome. on stage. Yeah, that's awesome. And we would be there. And of course, there was many a many a Denny's night after church where, you know, you know how it is being a church kid you're, and being a preacher's kid, your face is always stuck to the seat of a Denny's at 12 midnight <laughs> before right. you got to get up for school the next morning, yeah, try yeah. to figure out how you're going to do your homework. And it was Sunday morning service, Sunday night, Monday prayer meeting, Tuesday choir practice, Wednesday night service, Thursday and Bible and study. And traveling Friday, a lot. Traveling, traveling a lot, but at some point, you know, my parents my dad had a regular job and we were getting older and so he didn't travel as much after a while it was us at home and him him preaching at churches that he could drive to okay okay yeah 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 and, so, and bible studies at our house you know so like all of that the the preachers the preachers kids are always the one that are ha having to come home make sure the house is set up we're the ones cleaning all day and night for everyone who's going to come over um and you know those nights where my parents had to they would just have to leave on call all the time to go pray for someone wow. or counsel someone, you know, counsel, marriage counselors, but like at 2 a.m. because something domestically went very badly. And they also wow. come from that life. And so they were the ones to call for that. And I was the oldest. So a lot, I mean, there were things that I did resent about it at that time because I was always left in charge then and having to you know, watch, <laughs> watch, watch all the kids, not just my parents' kids, but everybody at the Bible studies kids, if they went on an outreach, guess who was volunteered? And, wow. that, and I didn't volunteer. Sure. I was volunteered. Sure. You know, those. Yeah. I, I remember being at, uh, you know, cause my parents were pastors as well. And, uh, and just in the days of the landline, right? Like we, we don't have a landline. I don't know. I don't know if you guys. We don't, but I have taught my kids how to call um, my parents on Alexa, just in case. Oh, anything oh for happens. real, on Alexa. Yes. Alexa, Alexa and yeah. Google Home. Yeah. So like, uh, I remember the phone ringing, the landline ringing in the middle of the night, yes. 12, 1, 2 a.m. And that was like, and that was just kind of the deal. If the phone rang, my parents would always answer, and if they were being called out, my dad would just, you know. And uh, is so there was there was an era where that was just the deal in ministry. There was like really no. Um, and not a, this isn't true of all ministries, but there's kind of this expectation where if you're going to go into ministry, you, there can there, there can like you're it's the death of all boundaries, right? Yes. Like it's like ministry first, family second. Yeah, you know, like you put God first, and that means that you're putting 
the little lambs first and yep. you know and yeah. so so i remember that kind of thing you know versus nowadays just my team has my cell phone number you know if, if my phone rings in the middle of the night it's downstairs i don't even have it in reach you know what i'm saying so right. I, like yeah so there i mean god bless like our parents like the, the those pioneering generations you know oh i think about it all the time because i don't know how they you know how they balanced it from a parent's perspective for me i'm now a parent mm -hmm. so i understand there have been times when you know work calls or something else happens or or yeah there are times now when someone will call because they need prayer or something like that and my kids are there and i'm and i have to now set boundaries and make sure that my kids are are also okay and if it's an okay time for me to do that i will sure. it's an emergency we'll figure that out but um when my parents were doing it you're right there was an expectation on them there was a lot of pressure on mm -hmm. them that if you're going to minister you better be available at all times, all day, all night, all of that. And for the kids, it was tough because I, I, I think I assumed that if anything happened at school um, on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night, like that just wasn't going to happen for my family. Like my parents weren't going to come to that, even if it was a really special thing. Oh, wow. Okay. Although later on, they like high school age, they did start making those exceptions. But yeah, it, it was, I almost assumed it. And so... Um, the great part about having ministers as parents, you know, who were actively in ministry, the great part was that I learned so much and I still learn so much. Like my dad still is preaching and my mom is still awesome. singing. But, um, you know, the tough part when I was a kid was, was trying to figure out what, what, where where my value was in yeah. the family. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, at, at a pretty young age, you got discovered. If, if if I remember your story right, so like so, imagine when all this stuff was happening. I mean, I can just kind of see you just like hanging out, like like you know, like like you know, watching watching your siblings like singing these little songs, you know. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, I've got a voice, right? <laughs> like, because so, what did that look like uh, at, at a young age? All of a sudden, being recognized for this gift and on, and recognizing that, wow, I think I've got a gift to sing something that people will really appreciate. What's funny is I didn't know that I could actually sing for the longest time. I just thought everyone. I thought everyone could sing <laughs> yeah. until until one day I heard someone who not could, everybody can who sing. <laughs> Even people and that I, sing, a lot of them can't sing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was confusing to me because I remember thinking, why can't they stay on the note? Like, why? I was confused. Yeah. And that's when I realized, oh, maybe it's something special that I can sing. And the other part of that is that my mom is a singer, so I always heard her singing. So to me, it was the most natural thing in the world. Like, you sing, and you sing it the way the song goes, and I couldn't understand why people couldn't do that. So once I realized I can sing, I, I really then, once I recognized it as a gift and something special, I really started to love it, and I loved singing. I loved it so much, but I was painfully shy, painfully shy. And almost the opposite of my mom. My mom is super bold. My mom okay. is, um, she's feisty. <laughs> yeah. And I just wasn't. And so I hid it for a long time, even for my parents. I didn't want them to know that I could sing. Okay. Because I thought they're going to make me sing. You have to go on tour with, with the family. <laughs> no, I thought, I, I just thought they were going to, you know, I thought out of their own pride for me, like pride for their daughter, they okay. were going to be like, look, she can sing, do it. Yeah. And that was my, I was 
I mean, when I'm saying painfully shy, there were times when if I felt like my outfit was too cute in elementary school, I would just cry and not go to school because I'm like, I don't want anybody to say anything. Like, I, I did not want to talk. You didn't want any special attention. I didn't want any special attention whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So f- for me to get up on a stage and act like I'm something more than anybody who's not on the stage, I, wow. the thought wow. just, it was paralyzing. And so I hid it for a long time. And finally, my mom, <laughs> finally my mom realized that I could sing. And she also, ha- you know, as a singer, knew that I loved it. And so she took me a couple of places where we would, you know, record a little bit, not at a studio or anything, but just like a little karaoke thing. And she'd save the tape and she'd play it for everybody. And I'm like, oh, my God, my worst nightmare, my worst nightmare. Um, She they would want me to sing in church. I was like, nope, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And the other thing was singing in church for me was it just wasn't the same thing as as performing a song for me that was so different and at least with performing a song there was a sense of control i had over it Mm -hmm. and singing in church and singing for god i had no control and that terrified me because it was it was i mean it was really i think when god gives you a gift and you are pouring out that gift it's it's you touching his hand it's your hand touching his hand and I think it was overwhelming for me as a young girl so the first time I I even attempted it in church I was probably a junior in high school but I'd been singing my whole life and loving it my whole life and I even knew that I wanted to do music wow wow. but and then same thing in school I did it once at school and that's it so two years later I'm on tour and people from my school were like wait you sing since when they had no idea that's incredible that's incredible yeah and now there was some sort of uh video that you posted I think on Instagram the other day and I think it was something from uh that you were on TV or something it was like and you were singing this song and then somebody saw that is that is that kind of how it so the way it happened actually happened was um you were like on Saved by the Bell or something I wasn't on Saved by the Bell <laughs> but Mario <laughs> Lopez the... was in our in, in our show he okay, was on our okay, show okay okay um Awesome, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. We, I knew what I wanted to do. Senior year of high school, I remember so many things came up against what I actually wanted to do, which was sing and be in music. So many things came up against that, like my counselors asking me what my real job was supposed to be and I was about to graduate high school and I had really thrown myself into school to distract me from other things because I wanted to... There was a lot of things that had happened prior to that, which we can maybe get into. But senior year, I remember specifically, that's the year when it's like, what are you going to do now? You're going to go to college, right? You're right. going to, you know, and your counselor kind of has you in, in their office every quarter, going, "What's happening? What's going on? What are we doing?" And I, I was brave enough and vulnerable enough to say, "I wanted to sing. I'm going to do music." And of, and of hmm. course, he said, "Well, right, but." what's what's the real job and i just didn't want to deal with it so i gave him an answer and i said i'll help lawyer i don't know that's what you want right that's what we're gonna put in the yearbook and he's like yeah we need the yearbook okay so that's what i'll say i had no interest absolutely no interest in being a lawyer that's what i felt like i had to say and it it's funny because in my mind senior year in high school for whatever reason i just knew i knew that that's what i was going to do i didn't know how I didn't know what. I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and so I, during that 
year, there was also church conference. And we would have all of our churches from, you know, California, all the churches in that family would come. We had it at the Ontario Convention Center. That's where I grew up. And then there would be a whole separate ballroom for like the youth conference. And I remember there was um, a young preacher who, I mean, like 16 years old. That and is young. That is super young. And so part of me was like, dude. He's all oh, like, you are so Jesus. not cool. <laughs> it's like you are so not cool. Yeah. Half of me, because because I'm just like, Ugh. it's kind of cringy. It's not cool. Yeah. It's not cool. But then, <laughs> I, you know, I was feeling the presence, and I was just like, I had been through a lot. I had I had gotten pregnant when I was 14, and I I had twin babies, twin baby boys, and they passed away. Wow. And so that was a lot for me to go through, and I felt like. At that point, by senior year of high school, I had just felt like, you know, with my parents, with the way that I grew up, with this, with everything that was happening, I had lived so many lives wow. and I was exhausted. Wow. And so during that service, I remember just going, I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. And yeah. I, I know what I want to do. And I know that it's something that you've put in me. This is me talking to God. Mm-hmm. I know that this is something you've put in me to do. So you're going to have to make it happen. I have zero contacts. I don't, uh, you know, I've, already, I've gone through this thing in my life that was still, had, I still was bearing the scars on my actual physical body. Wow, wow. And I was like, that's not, these, these were the times of Britney Spears. I was like, nobody's going to wow. sign a person who can't wear a crop top. You right, know what I mean? Right, that was my right, thinking right, at that right. time. And um, so I just said, I, I can't. So you're going to have to do it. And this sounds hilarious to me as I'm saying it out loud. And and in return, Lord, what I will do is basically like I will, I'll surrender to you. Sure. It wasn't a full surrender. It was me going like, I'll be good. Wow. I'll give you, I'll stop. I'll stop doing all the things that I'm doing Mm -hmm. because I'm tired and I, and I can't do it anymore. So I'll do that. And you, um, you know, in return, this is what you're <laughs> so, so like stupid. you were like like bargaining with <laughs> I God. Was you you with were God. like working now like a deal with him. Yes. Like like I'll be good. I'll like all right. I'll do things your way. Yeah. But you do things my way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Because I was I think yeah. I was still a little mad. I was still upset. I was I still maybe hadn't forgiven God completely for the deaths of of the babies, and so so that was that was my that was all the submission that I could give. I think at that moment. But you're but the cool part is that you're here. You're you're in the presence of God and you're acknowledging him and you're having this very honest this brutally honest um so even if it's not I just think about David's conversations with God they're like theologically incorrect and they're they're messy they're messy conversations and yet God loved it and I'm thinking about that just as you're telling this story yeah here's this conversation that maybe is a little it's not maybe but here God is hearing it and he's so engaged with it because it's it's spirit and truth it's 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 real with where you're at your age all your experiences and here you are in that place it's really interesting so engaged and I felt it that's the crazy thing I felt it but at the same time I still felt the need to test it Hmm. because as much as I knew in my spirit what was happening, there's still that, you know, there's still that second guessing that you're like, yeah, but I need a sign. And so I said, so that's the deal. But if that's what's going to happen, I need you to give me a sign. And I need it right now. Within seconds, 
the the young preacher on stage says uh, he stops preaching. Say, I'm, I'm sorry. Is there a Christina here? And I was so shocked that I didn't know. Uh, like I I was like, wait, what? I did not expect it that fast, even though I asked for it right then and there. Wow. Is there a Christina here? Um, I just God is God is trying to talk to you. God is saying something. I mean, can you come up? If you're Christina, if your name is Christina, will you please come up? So many Christinas went up, right? And I was still kind of shocked and I was like, I'm not. What? What just happened? And for me talking myself out of it, part of me talking myself out of it said, that's not what people call me. Right. That's my government name. Right. Not right. even my right. mom calls me that. Yeah. It's not my name. Name. Yeah. Nice try. Then the then the sixteen year old says, um, but they they don't. Oh, first he's praying for all the Christinas. <laughs> he's like praying. He's like, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. It's not you. There's still someone out there. Um, does, do you have a nickname? Do you are you called by something else? Every Christine and Christy and everybody went up. Right. I'm still there. I'm still in shock and I wow. can't move. And he's like, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Finally, by the time I get the nerve to go up, he's prayed for so many people because it's a conference. Sure, it's not regular sure. church service. By the time I get to go up, I'm like in the very back. I'm still scared. And he's like, thank you guys so much. This, is, this has been amazing. He walks off the stage. Later on, um, his mother was also a preacher who I had seen preach at our church. And, and I had gone up to them because I saw my mom talking to his mom. And so I went up and he was like, it was you. Wow. And, it, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was really God. And I asked for the sign and he immediately gave it to me. That was the first time that that had ever happened. Because I felt God moved before. God would tell me things. God would give me visions. But that hadn't been for a while. Wow. Because I think I'd closed myself off. Like yeah. I said, after going through what I went through, you know, when the babies passed away, I had closed myself off, I think, in a sense. So that was the first time that it, it just it reopened. And I was like, okay. And I started trusting. It still wasn't, like I said, a full submission, but I started trusting. I just started kind of getting my life together and, and, and being more joyful and actually praying with some purpose before it was a little more out of obligation and started praying on purpose. And so <laughs> within, so I want to say that was July, August. By December, a, a, a man who had his brake light went out in his car stopped at my dad's auto body shop because his brake light went out and my dad was managing a body shop and my dad you know said okay give me your card i'll call you when it's done and on his card it said something like producer his name is nick martinez said something like producer music whatever and my dad goes oh you're a producer my daughter sings that's awesome yeah but like (laughs) yeah in the in the i'm so proud of my daughter way and i'm sure this this guy was like okay he was like, here's a picture of her. And it was like our family picture that we just took at yeah. the one hour photo. Yeah. And so the guy says, oh, yeah, sure, have her give me a call. My dad came home. He was so excited. I was working at the mall. It was my last year of high school. I was working at the mall. I had two jobs at the mall at the time. So uh, I get home from work. And my dad gets home from work. And he's, he goes, oh, the, I met this guy. And you know, he said, give him a call. And I'm like, first of all. We're in Ontario. If this guy's anything, why was he here? Right, right. Because in my mind, 
auditions only happened on Hollywood Boulevard. Sure, <laughs> <in> a- <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And so I'm like, and I was just so embarrassed. I was like, Dad, are you kidding me? Why? So I call the guy, and he's like, so your dad tells me you can sing. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, so do you mind just singing to me over the phone? And I was like, what kind of cheese ball move is this? Yeah. And I was like, sure. I went into the bathroom because better acoustics. Yeah. I went into the bathroom. The only song I could think of off the top of my head was Amazing Grace at that moment. I sang Amazing Grace. And he was like, great. Um, I'll call you back if I hear anything. <laughs> the most re- I was like, sure, buddy. Um, in the time From the time that I had talked to him that day, that was the only time I ever talked to him. Never met him in person. Only heard his voice on the phone call. Uh, less than a month later, my dad calls me. I'm at work at the mall. My dad calls me and is like, that guy, he came back because he couldn't find your number. And, you know, here's his number. Call him. So I call him and he goes, hey, so since last time I saw you, I went to this Christmas party. I met these girls. They're looking for a fourth member of their group. And I told them that I hadn't met you yet, but I saw your picture and you sang. And so, I don't know, here's their number. I hope it goes well. And so I called them. And they said, yeah, so we heard so much about you. And I'm like, really? From from the guy who I talked to for five minutes? They said, can you meet us here tomorrow at this office in L.A.? And I was like, now we're talking. I drove here to L.A. with my mom. They asked me if I could meet the next day. And I was like, I have to work all day. But sure. Um, I got my shifts covered. I came with my mom. There were these three girls in this little tiny office. And they asked me to sing. I sang. And then... They said, can you harmonize? And I was like, I mean, I guess. Like, I kind of do it with my mom sometimes. And they said, well, why don't you sing? And then we will all just come in in harmony and, and you know, and back you. And it'll be like a four-part harmony. And there was three of them, one of me. So I, again, start singing Amazing Grace. Wow. They all come in and their voices. That part, when I think back to that part, I'm like, that's, that's like a movie. That's like one person sings like and then they act. all come in like, oh. <laughs> it's like and it's yeah. and it scared me. Really? It scared me because I had never heard heard that being done in real life. Wow. I saw Boys to Men do it right. on TV, right? But I didn't know people actually did that in real right. life, right? Right? And it was surrounding me, and I didn't know I could do it. I had no idea until that moment that I could actually do that. Wow! And so I thought they were great. They were all Latinas and so was I and they were looking for like a Latin fusion type of mix and so I thought it was a great audition and we left and on the freeway all the way back home, so from where I grew up, it's about an hour and a half from LA, Hollywood, anywhere near there. At a pager. <laughs> we had pagers sweet, at this sweet, time. Yeah. There were, it wasn't cell phone time yet. So I had a pager and I got a page on the way home and I stopped over at the Bayvone I know maybe not that many people know what a payphone is anymore. Stop at the payphone. I called them back and they said, so we met with a couple other girls, but we really like you. Would you like to please come back tomorrow and meet our manager? And I was like, you have a manager? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. This is more interesting than I thought. We go to their manager's office the next day. They're walking me in and it's a beautiful office. This is not the office we met in. And so we walk into this office and I'm just like, it, e, true, e the E-channel's in that same building. Like all these networks are in that building. We walk in and like, so who is your manager? And they go, have you ever heard of Suzanne DePass? 
and I and I hadn't heard the name. Yeah. And they said, "Well, have you ever seen the Jackson Five movie?" And I love the Jackson Five yeah. movie. Yeah. I'm like, yes, of course, twenty billion times. <laughs> and they said Vanessa Williams plays the part of Suzanne. Wow. And I said, Ooh, <laughs> "Is you going to tell me this right before I walk into the room wow. Wow. to sing for this lady who found Michael Jackson? Are you kidding me?" <sighs> it was crazy to me, and I don't know how. I had the guts to do that. I'm telling you, I came from the fact that I am in this career and I was such an introvert and still kind of am, just blows my mind. I feel like only God can do that. It's ridiculous for me to be. Yeah, this story is way better than uh, than being discovered on Saved by the Bell, by the way. <laughs> like, like that was my, like, so you were on Saved by the Bell and you sang and you were discovered by Ricky Iglesias or something like that? Like, yes, this is way better. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we walk in, we walk in and Suzanne is there and all her. Her glory, by the way, because she was a business mogul. She really? was head of Motown with Barry Gordy for years and wow. years. She was the only woman doing it back in the day, so she was strong. She was beautiful. And I just, I, I don't know how I got through that song, but I did. And she looked at me. And was she, she super like intimidating or like or inviting? You know what I'm saying? Like some people are, are powerful, but they like, they pull the best out of you. And some people are powerful and they're just full on intimidating. Like... She was powerful, but she was a woman who I feel, whether she wants to be or not, is a mirror for other women. So she wants you to find your best self wow. and present it to me wow. because that's what I did in her mind, I think. And so it forced me to do that. That's cool. That's really cool. It forced me to do that in her presence. And it also forced me to, to do that. I think God knew what he was doing when he put me in a group as opposed to have me try to do solo by myself. That sure. would have taken me way longer. Sure, sure. I was like thrown in the deep end. These chicks been doing it for years professionally. And I have to find my place quick, sink or swim. Wow. Yeah. And I was the youngest in the yeah. group. So they were okay. older. So they had done like professional productions. I had never sang on a studio mic in my life i've never been on an airplane in my life like none of that so we're in this office with suzanne suzanne um she was a businesswoman you know like she heard my voice she liked my voice she saw uh oh the problem was we needed four now we have four problem solved okay tomorrow we're gonna go to the label and i said you guys have a record label <laughs> they kept me in the dark about all of these things i think because they wanted to see you know my true self sure and who i was sure so the next day we go to the record label and they're signed to DreamWorks Records. At the time, DreamWorks had put a lot of money into a record label and they had people like Nelly Furtado and, um, oh gosh, Alien Ant Farm, lots of people. And they just had crazy amounts of money, this label. Wow, yeah, <laughs> like it yeah, was, yeah. It was the new one to be signed to. And they had already signed. I did not know any of this until we walked into that room the next day. And so right before the meeting, the girls are t talking to me, telling me, so, you know, the reason why we were looking for a fourth member is because we actually got signed as a four-member group, and okay. one of our members left. Okay. So before we have another meeting with the label, we needed to fill the slot to walk in and go, hey, lost a member. Don't worry, we got a new one. And she's younger, <laughs> or whatever. Sure, Whatever sure, their plan sure. was. And so we walk, they're telling me this, and we're walking into the label. And even just that experience, I can just... I can see it now and I can see us and I just remember being like, I don't even know where I am right now, but 
but I'm going to follow it because I know that it, it's right. Suzanne, our manager, was in all her glory in power suit, powering head. And that taught me a lot as well because she was, she, it still was very much a man's world. And we walked in, not to the A&R, not to the assistant, but to the head of the label's office. And she was like, hey, I have something to tell you. Remember my group? We got a new member. And it was just accepted. And she didn't, she wasn't going to accept no for an answer. Wow. And um, and not just that woman of color. She's a black woman. Yeah. You know, yeah. And she's walking in with us Latin women. Yeah. Yeah. And I was 18. I was 18. And I had just got a license. <laughs> I didn't know what the heck was happening. I was driving my family van every day for these auditions. My mom would let me borrow the van because I didn't have a car. And I was driving my big old family van over here every day. So we get in where where they they say that it's fine because Suzanne said it was fine. They tell me, okay, so here's what's going to happen. You are going to receive a monthly check so that you don't go and get a job because we need you to focus on music. Um, you're recording the album. You're going to record all the parts that the old members sang. Plus, you guys are going to write some more songs. Uh, we're going to set you up with this producer and that producer and I, I want to say the next couple of weeks, I was on a plane to Miami. I had never been on a plane in my life. Wow. wow. I'd never sung wow. in a studio <laughs> ever. Wow. So went, recorded an album, recorded. I mean, it was zero to a thousand quickly. And I went from, I, I would think about the two months earlier, whenever it was the three months earlier of me standing in the conference going, you're going to have to do it, God, because I don't I don't yeah. even have one contact. How many months did you say? Um, so maybe from August to December. And th th that's incredible. So like five, f five within a about five months. Yeah. Four months. My life in, was different. Yeah. My whole you life. You made a deal. You made this crazy deal with God. Yeah. And then God like, God like confirmed he it. it. Yeah. He confirmed it right then and there. Yes. And then within months, you have you're just stepping into crazy Joseph like favor. And it really, when I think about that, it really still continues to teach me this lesson of surrender and surrendering to his will over my own. Because in my mind, what should have happened was I should have gone on a little audition or two, maybe gotten a call back, kept pushing for another three years until, you know, my break happened. That, in my mind, that would have been a good plan. Totally, yeah, rejection, 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 yeah. rejection, then one day. But look, like, it was like just immediate acceptance and immediate favor and then immediate acceleration. I mean. Once I said, I cannot do it, you can do it, I can't. I have, I have, I, I not only do I, have I never, do I, I don't have any professional experience singing. I sing in my shower. I've sang at church once. Like I don't have any experience doing that, but you know, I've, I've, I had, I kind of was still hiding the fact that I had gotten pregnant at a young age, that, um, that I had these babies for a while and that they had passed away. Mm. But like I said, the scars were still on my body. So mm. I'm like hiding all of that. And I'm thinking it's kind of impossible for a girl like me to do that. So in my mind, it was like that the only way is is surrendering it because I can't sure. do it. It's sure. impossible. Sure. So yeah, that's what happened. And then we were recording an album. From there, we were on tour. We went on tour. We were the opening act for Mark Anthony, one of my most favorite <laughs> vocalists of all time. We were the opening act for Enrique Iglesias. We were on a radio tour, which meant that you would, um, 
every city has its own, you know, its main pop station has their own like jingle ball or their like summer splash or whatever the case and all the artists come in and perform. Uh, we, I mean, it was all of that all at once. During the, those same couple of months, I had to find a apartment to live in and buy a car. And thank God that, you know, at the time, the this was at a time when record labels were still giving you money so that you wouldn't have to work, so that you would focus on okay. on creating an album that they're paying you to create. So they would give you a living stipend, all of that. And I mean, they were paying for us to go to the gym, all this crazy stuff yeah. that they don't even do anymore. Sure. But at I like the time, that focus money. Yeah. Right. Like pay me to focus on something amazing. Yes, I like that. That's what they did. Somebody should do that. So insane. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, no. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, that's 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 what they that's I with that money I bought myself a little car. I came and rented an apartment here right off of Sunset Boulevard because I knew that I just needed to be central to everything. Sure, sure. And sure. then these girls became you know like almost my sisters for a while because we were together every day we were having to practice we were having to sing and we were having to sing in four-part harmony because we did not we weren't the skimping on vocals um group we were not like let's try to record it and then do playback later we Mm -hmm. wanted to sing everything live and we wanted to we all came from just such a love for music and a couple of the girls came from really harm harm harmony backgrounds with their families and stuff so And then two years after that, I'm at a Christmas party with the girls, music party, industry party. And and uh, these producers come over and they're, they're introducing us to all these other people. And, you know, it's this this one introduced himself to me and he's like, hi, my name is Nick, Nick Martinez. And I'm like, wait, Nick Martinez. I had never met the guy who I talked to on the phone that right. time for five minutes. And I was like, Nick, it's me. It's T. That phone call changed my life. You changed my life. You have no. I'm on tour right now, and he has. He was like, "That's amazing. That's so. I'm so happy for you." He's become a lifelong family friend now wow. of my of myself, my parents. Wow. Never asked for anything in return. Wow. Um. Just that's that's how my career started. That's incredible. So ridiculous. So the the clip that you saw on Instagram was after we had made it, you know, an album and went on tour and everything. UPN and Kelsey Grammer's network, Gramnet, wanted to create a show for us, a scripted TV show with a live studio audience. And they wanted the characters to be loosely based on us, a singing group, mm-hmm. four girls. Um, and so they wrote that part in, in a very TV show kind of way. Sure, sure. But in the TV show, I was singing in the bathroom. One of the girls was like, what? Why have a group? And then I came over to the table and then I start singing Amazing Grace, which is what actually happened. And then they all joined in in harmony. And yeah, that they made a TV show about it. <laughs> that is so cool. Now you say a TV show, was it like was it like one episode or was this actually like a full on like so, season of, of episodes? So for that particular project, it was a pilot deal. And then the pilot did not get picked up. Okay, okay. But that's when I really understood what goes into making a TV show because there was so much that went into that pilot. We had to sit with all kinds of writers and choose which writer we thought was best. I mean, they build the set for it. You're going after script, after script, after script. Table reads, casting the actors, casting the supporting actors. I And even in that space, I was like, I don't even know how I got here. Wow. How did I not audition to be an actress 
for 10 years before I was handed a show that was written for me that I'm getting to sit with this these writers who are Emmy award-winning writers and I'm going no I wouldn't say it like that sure like what? sure 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 <laughs> and it was insane and That's the amazing. Life, it was so crazy and I mean my my parents are as prophetic and wonderful as they are we shot that show on Paramount at Paramount Studios on stage 22 and years before when I was still in high school my mom knew that I wanted to be in entertainment she had randomly booked me, booked us a tour of Paramount Studios when I was in high school years wow. before. Wow. And she was like, I want you to get to know the studio. One day you're going to be here. I've already seen it. And so I was just like, okay. And I was so used to my parents saying these things and me just going like, all right, <laughs> just following along. And of course, you know, a couple years later, I had my own TV show there on the studio lot. And it it was nice because it felt like I had already been there. It felt like I, I went to visit what was to be, and then it was. And that's and that's the type of stuff that I grew up with with my parents, and that's the, the lead I kind of followed throughout my life. And when it really started to happen for me in that way, where I was like, this is only God, this is only God, this is only God, it really opened that part of me up to, to just expect it. After that, it took a turn where I just never expected it. But yes, in that time, I expected it all the time. Yeah, that's incredible. Like, like, like again, such such acceleration, such such favor, um, and and to be able to experience that stuff so 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 quickly. Um, and now skip a beat. Uh, so now now here here you are um, uh, married to, to Hapa. Did I say that right? Yeah, Hapa. Hapa. Right. Yeah, I thought I'd get that right H-A-P-A, before Hapa. we go into the conversation tomorrow. <laughs> and so he's like a, a, a music producer, a, a DJ. Uh, he's like an innovator. He's like an entrepreneur. Like he's doing all this really cool stuff in the music space and training up a next generation of DJs. That 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 that, that kind of thing. You guys have uh, two little princesses. Yes. Yeah. Elijah and Irie. Elijah, we call Ellie. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, and you're kind of like, um, you're kind of like mentoring mommies. You're like a mommy mentor, <laughs> right? Like, that's probably not what you call your, you know, but like, and you're doing it in all sorts of different creative spaces and ways. Um, you're, you're, you're definitely using the social media space, you know, with yes. in, Instagram and everything. But also you have, you have an awesome uh, podcast that that's, that's fairly new and that's mama's uh, mama, mama morsels. Yeah. 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 Which by the way, I don't, I don't, they're each episode is based on scripture when for that particular podcast. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'm going to make sure that I include all the, you know, uh, all, all the, all your links and everything in the show notes because people are going to be blessed by the stuff that you're, that you're doing. And, it, uh, and you really, you're like, you just have a heart for for just people in general to, to, to inspire them, to inspire, uh, uh, but I, instead of me giving you language, what do you feel like, you know, I, I, actually we were having a conversation earlier today about this idea of call versus assignment. And sometimes mm-hmm. we confuse our call mm-hmm. with, with our, with our assignment. So sometimes people say, Darren, Darren, you're called to be a pastor. I'm like, well, there'll be a day where maybe I'm not pastoring anymore. Right. So I, I have a larger call. That's not the, you know, um, so I see, I see UT, you're doing so many different assignments, uh, all these incredible assignments. If you were to kind of sum it up as far as what you, this, this, this call, like this, this thing that God has created you for the earth for this time, how would you, how would you kind of, how would you kind of sum that up? How would you kind of communicate really, uh, that banner that kind of goes over top of everything that you're currently doing right now? For me, it comes down to one word, hope. 
my I had to write myself a mission statement and because I had to figure out I had to dig 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 and go of all these things that I'm actually doing because I sing I produce on television I write for television I host for TV I I'm on panels I moderate panels I'm a podcaster I've been in radio all of these things I, I do it can make you feel really spread thin Mm -hmm. and when you think about oh i've I've got all these jobs or i have to wear all these hats it can make you feel exhausted and it can make you feel a little insane and it also there's a little bit of a kind of a uh when you do when you do many different things as people say you know you're a jack of all trades but i always hear like master of none and that doesn't make me feel good because i'm like i really work hard at everything that i do so that's that wasn't it for me so i had to really dig and go what do people get from me what do people get from my story what do I feel like I'm actually doing and I think whether I'm sharing the stories of child loss or sharing the story about how I grew up and and where I am now and um a lot of a lot of comments that I get are about being married to Hapa we're both in music Mm. and to see us married and have kids and and have devoted family time dedicated family time I think gives people hope that that it can be done because I remember a time when I was in music and seeing what goes on on tour and going like oh so marriages aren't really real in this industry and you you lose hope that you'll ever find someone you know when you're when you work in this business that you'll ever find someone that would be of lasting value the way that I saw my parents that that relationship that was just lasting that was real and so I think when I realize that what people get from my story or what people get from what I do is a sense of hope that maybe they can either do it too or that maybe that it is out there or that, you know, they can pull themselves out of, especially when it comes to the child loss thing. I think when I was there, you're in a, you're in a grave. Mm-hmm. Like I think nobody talks about that. When, when a baby dies, you die too. Like you, if I'm the mom, I died a little. Um, and you have to dig yourself out of a grave in order to, to continue wow, on. Wow, wow. And you can only do it. You had Patricia King on, mm-hmm. who I love. And she always talks about um, a like an, like an unapologetic, reckless, you know, crazy hope. Uh, you know, and that's the only way to dig yourself out of that grave and to see yourself on the other side of it. And sometimes you've got to see somebody else who's already come out of it in order and grab onto that in order to drag yourself out. So if that's what I can do for people, if that's what they're getting from me already, if that's what's naturally coming for me, it, that's what felt right when I when I recognized that's what it is, what it was. So I started to emphasize it and and magnify that in everything that I was doing. And so I sat down and I said, what is it that I actually, what is my purpose? Like you said, what is your yeah. call? What is my purpose? I know I do all the things, but what am I? <laughs> yeah, what am I doing? Yeah. yeah. So I wrote it out. And for me, it's my mission is to ignite vibrant sparks of hope That's in awesome. motherhood, music, and media. So no matter what I'm doing, no matter what hat on I, I have that day, I'm always only doing one thing. I just really do it good. across different platforms. And when I, th- when I personally think about it that way, it doesn't make me go insane because every day I have a different job. Even this week, I'll be a panel moderator. I'll be a host. I'll be a, a social media influencer on all different days this week because those will be my different jobs. If I think about that in that way and then have to also take care of my babies and be a wife and all 
all of that, it will drive me insane. So for me, it's whether I'm having a conversation at a grocery store or writing a song or sharing something on a podcast, I my mission is to always ignite hope. That's what I'm always doing, just across different platforms. I do one thing, many yeah. platforms. How'd you say igniting sparks? Igniting of, vibrant sparks of hope. That's amazing. In motherhood, music, and media. That is so great. Thanks. I love that. I Thank love that. Yeah, you know, I, I even think that it's super helpful when it, when it comes to even um, finding just our centeredness in our identity. Sometimes, you know, and especially because uh, for most of us, you know, we say. You know, my identity isn't what I do. My identity, you know, is is in Christ. Mm-hmm. My identity is a son or a daughter. But but honestly, we've we've most of us really do find a part of our identity in what we in what we do, and we feel that when it gets criticized. I think, you know, when our art gets criticized or when a sermon gets criticized, <laughs> does it does it just kind of prick you, or does it like cripple you in that sense of? in that sense of self, you know, I remember time times feeling like I just preached the worst sermon in the world mm. and it wasn't just the worst sermon. Now I felt like the worst person in the world. And now yeah. I felt like, sh- am I even called to this anymore? And am, is this even real anymore? And like just going down that kind of spiral yeah. because my identity was so intertwined with, with what I, with what I was doing. But I think that there's something about um, uh, being able to untether from all the stuff that we're doing to, 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 to be able to really capture this kind of like ident- identity statement, like w- that thing that you came up with, like, God, that you have created me to do what only I can do here in this space and in this place. And to be able to phrase it out, it gives you such a sense of purpose and, and, and mission. I guess, of course, over all of that still has to be that sense, that identity and, and sonship and, and, and being a daughter of the king or being, being a son, right? But I think it's so helpful to be able to have that so we don't get lost in all the assignments. Or if, or if, or if, or if we fail in, at, at an assignment, yeah. that, that, that we're, now we're not a failure. You it's know, also like, really easy for you to set boundaries then because everything that's not that, I say no to now. And I used to not be able to do that. As an entertainer, I was taught, you you better get out there and hustle. And if anything has wow, remotely really anything to do with anything you're doing, you better be at that event. And you just in case you meet somebody, just in case you meet the producer you're supposed to meet, just in case, you know, and you had to be at every little thing or you had to take every single job that yeah. was thrown at you. And... Just for one person to have to handle that, and I did, I did that for a long time. Just for one person to have to handle that is hard. Now, as a mom and as a wife, I, I and I was still doing it. I think, especially when I started coming up with, you know, how can I stop compartmentalizing my life and Mm -hmm. stop being like a rock star over here and a mom over here because that's getting exhausting. How can I mesh these two together so that it still makes sense for what I do? And when I finally found it, the first up, the first uh, brand and show was not the one that I have now. The first one was called Mom Life Yo, and it was live on air. We were interviewing moms every single week, and even with that, building up that brand, building up the mom brand, I in my mind I went, oh, I know how to build a brand. I've done, the, I do this all the time. I reinvent myself all the time. Yeah. So what is it going to take? Go into every single event, every single mom <laughs> event, every you know, yeah, and it. It can deplete you of 
all of your energy and you're, you end up not focused on the thing that you are really passionate about. So yes, for me, writing, writing this out, what do I actually do? What's the one thing that I do? It became very easy for me when someone, you know, calls me and says, Hey, can you moderate this panel? And it's maybe, you know, something that is a is a good look. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. But if it's not part of my mission, I I politely decline because all that's going to do is take my energy away from everything else that I'm doing and take it away from myself and take it away from my family. And I have these three things always running in my mind. Is it is it helpful? Is it hurtful or is it a waste of time? Yeah, it's good. And just because it's a waste of time for me doesn't mean it's a waste of time for someone else sure, in their career. Sure, sure. But it's just it's going to just, it's not helpful or hurtful. It's just going to distract me right now and can't do it. I have other jobs and my babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you're like, you're hosting some very important conversations on on kingdom topics. And, but you're not doing these things in, in churches yet. You right, know? right. Uh, but you're like, and, and, and not that that, I mean, so I think this is awesome. I, I, you're hosting, um, conversations where they need to be hosted and, and with people that where it's like to me it's really really cool and you're um uh but like what what are some of the things kind of what i'm getting at is this very real relationship that you have with with jesus where it's like he's he's speaking to you he's showing you things but then all of a sudden it's like Jesus is actually bringing you conversations like, hey, we yes. want you to uh, to host a conversation on this particular topic. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know, like, so can you kind of um, would you be willing? And I know that when it comes to your relationship with the Lord, that's a very personal thing. That's a very kind of private thing. But would, would you be willing to just share with us just a, maybe just a little bit of like of some of the ways that God is kind of like speaking to you yes. and giving you kind of a heads up on stuff that's coming up? And then maybe just some of the cool conversations that you've been able to kind of host recently pastor darren i have to i have to say this about <laughs> about one of your videos in particular and i and i might get emotional i'm getting yeah. emotional already thinking about it so i used to have visions when i was younger and um sometimes it would just be a vision sometimes it would come with a song and they stopped for um for quite a while and i think you know, part of the reason why they stopped was, was I, I closed it off. Like I said, for me, you know, going through uh, losing kids, even at that hmm. very young age, it was, it was, it's just something really devastating. And it's something that you question God about, you know, but he did get me through it with a sense of everything was going to, it was looking forward to something. Mm -hmm. And so when they passed away i had one of them passed away when he was a day old and then the other one passed away when he was a, a month old and when the other one passed away um he i got a vision of god holding of jesus holding both of them mm. at the gates right both of them together and the and the main the main feeling of the vision was that they're together again and Wow. And I heard the song, you know, we grew up with all the old songs. And so the song that he that I heard was, we're together again, just raising love. Yeah. We're together again in one accord. Something good is about to happen. Something good is in store. You know, all of that. And it was such a message to me. And what it did was it sealed it up. What I'm realizing now at this time in my life is that he sealed it with a song. And um, 
years later, uh, 20 years later, um, for me, I've now been in the, I've been in this business now for 20 years. Um, there's something about 20 years, you know, for me, that's been a running theme. And I've been in this business for 20 years this year. And that's when all this stuff has really started to, Jesus is putting me in these positions that I'm blown away by. But 20 years after the babies had passed was 2016. Hmm. And I was on Facebook and you popped up on a video and mind you, I did not follow you, right. nor was I looking for anything churchy on Facebook. That yeah. was not my jam. I yeah. was like, I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not into Facebook church stuff yeah. at that time. Yeah. You popped up. I don't even know how you got there. I wasn't following you or anything. You started your video with that song. You came on singing that song. Are you serious? Yes. And I didn't even, it was almost like I had forgotten I had forgotten that I had even, that I used to even have visions. I forgot all of that. And it was the song that when I heard it, God was like, it's time. Wow. And he unlocked it. And from then on, um, of course, I followed your ministry and all of that. But it was the song that like he sealed it with the song. The key was the song. He sealed it with the song. And then he unlocked it again with the song. And he was like, it's time. It had been 20 years since their passing. I started getting the craziest visions of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and they were coming in hot. Like they were coming in quick. And I almost didn't know what to do with them. Because I hadn't been in that, in like walking with Jesus like I was in my younger years. Um, I still prayed, you know, just all, all that stuff. I was still like, I'm, 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 I'm doing good things, Yeah. but I definitely was in a space of, I just had these two girls, my two babies, my two girls that I have now. And I was in like this postpartum crazy, still trying to hold my career together. I don't know what's going on. Maybe we should make a mom show. Like all of these, <laughs> I was all over the place in a sense. And I was trying to control it by just me. I didn't even, I wasn't even calling on God for those things anymore. That's the space that I was in. And so, yeah, so that, that song definitely unlocked something. And then I started having all these interesting visions. And so oh, since that, so that was 2016, now we're 2019. Um, I, I, in here in Los Angeles, there's a lot going on right now with women's empowerment. Okay. There's a lot going on with la the Latino culture specifically. And so a lot of the events that I go, that I go to naturally because I'm invited are the music stuff, the mom stuff, the women's stuff. And they're all, you know, trying to, let's find your best self. Let's be empowered. Okay. Um, it quickly started getting into let's, you know, let's also mm -hmm. take these crystals and let's also like all of that stuff, which I thought was interesting and I just didn't know what to think about it. Also here in LA, this is like the place of yoga and meditation and, um, and inclusion, which should, should there be inclusion? Yes. We're called to love everybody <laughs> equally. Yes. But it's, it's this anything goes type of sure, city. Sure, sure because that's what for many sparks creativity like you kind of have to go to all the places you would never go in order to find that creativity is i think what what la kind okay. of represents especially on the spiritual side okay um and so 
there's like all these easy apps of like meditate and Oprah's like meditate for five minutes a day and it'll change your life and all this stuff. So during that time when the visions had started to open up again, I started to randomly be like, oh yeah, meditating is good. Um, let me meditate for five minutes um, a day and there's all these guided meditations. Well, that started opening up some weird things. But at the same time, things were coming in very clearly. Like I I would get a vision, I would immediately know what it, what it meant. I immediately knew the message. I immediately knew everything about it and that was crazy to me, so hmm. I wanted more. And what I felt like it was happening to me at the time was that I was understanding God in a new way and in a bigger way and bigger than, you know, all the churchy church stuff that I grew up with. And, um, but it did, it did kind of start opening stuff up where, uh, at one point, you know, I, I, I would pray and, and, you know, talk about God, but it, I started to not say in Jesus name. Okay. That was interesting to me that yeah. I felt I didn't feel the need. And then someone, one of my friends had sent me over something about like a new agey thing. And this guy was talking about how Jesus saved him and it offended me. Hmm. And that's when I stopped and was like, where did I go that the name of Jesus offends me because what's that about? So I stopped. I had to just really like align myself yeah, with God. Yeah, figure out what's going on, yeah. Because during that time when I was having all those visions, amazing things were happening. It was almost as if like a, a lily pad would be thrown out in front of me everywhere I went, no matter what I did. Now looking back, I really feel like the 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 gift the purposes the, all of that was reopened and not just the, not just the heavens felt it but the whole supernatural realm felt it and so it was common for me to be like let's bring her over here and distract her over here i feel like that's what really happened to me mm. um after though after coming out of that and realizing what it was i i immediately felt a sense of guilt as a mom for mm. my girls Cause I was like, did I take the covering off of them? Did I, what did I invite into my house? Like all of that with those meditations. And so, uh, as I was praying, I felt it, the presence of, of an angel <laughs> right behind me. That's never happened to me before. <laughs> all right. And I felt like I couldn't look because I just couldn't even look. Um, started speaking in tongues and he was guiding me through every room in my house and I realized it was every place that I had was like meditating right and he and I was speaking in tongues and, and I felt like it was like a cleansing of my house wow and there were things that I saw in the spirit that day when it, everything switched over that I that that I could see at that it was like I, <laughs> I was blind and now I could see I could see what that they were masquerading as 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 light hmm. when I was meditating, and then when that happened, I could I immediately saw them for what they were. Wow! And wow. I was cast in them out of my house. Right, I got this huge sense of peace, and after that, that my girls were protected. Right, that every that they were all good and they were protected. I feel like that was the thing I was most worried about. Are my girls still protected? Is God still protecting my girls? Because I'm supposed to be the covering over them, and here's what I've invited. So. After that, I got this huge sense of peace and protection. That very day, I go pick up my kids from school. I show up and the teacher's surprised that I'm there. And I said, or she goes, I thought your husband mm -hmm. was coming. And I said, oh no, my husband is in Austin. So she goes, no, no, he called. He said he was 
coming to pick up your girls. And I was like, wait, my, my husband? He goes, yeah. And I go, no, why would he? No, he's in Austin. I'm, and they, he go, she goes, no, he said he was running late, but to keep your girls here. And, and then she looked at me and she started to get a little scared. And she goes, could it have been your dad or an uncle? I'm like, no, only mommy picks up kids. And that's how it works around here. And she said, well, Ellie's name is, you know, we have another Ellie or Ella, but Irie, no, no, no other kid has the name Irie. So who was that? And she's freaked out. And I immediately know that it was to take my sense of peace from the protection of my girls. I immediately knew that. It was the craziest thing. And I almost, it didn't scare me. That was the thing. It did not scare me. I picked up my girls. I called my husband to just be like, you didn't call, right? I'm just checking with you. And he was like, what are you talking about? Wow. And I told him what happened. And he says to me, I don't. I don't think it was human. And I was like, okay, so I thought I was going to be crazy by telling you that. <laughs> right, right. But the fact right. that you're telling me that is just confirming that to me. Okay, interesting, interesting. <laughs> so now I'm in heavy prayer, right? Yeah. And now I'm seeing all the visions, and now Jesus is showing me all kinds of things. And that, I mean, there was such a hunger there because at that point I was like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't, this, I, I thought this had stopped a long time ago and I kind of had forgotten about it, but Jesus started taking me places to pray over things. He's, he's making me do all kinds of wacky things when I'm like, he'll take me somewhere in the spirit and he's making me do all kinds of interesting things and he'll have me sing over cities sometimes. Amazing. Um, but that's what's happening. Right. And during those same, during that time, I would still like, I, I was in my car at one point driving on the one Oh one past Hollywood and I audibly hear voice, I audibly hear witches laughing. Hmm. And I thought I, I, I'm like, I'm touching the radio. Like, did I turn on the radio? Did the radio turn on my mistake? I look outside like, is it Halloween in July? What's happening? Because I heard them out loud. Wow. That wasn't, wow. it wasn't in my mind. I heard them out loud. And all it did for me at that point was still confirmed to me that like, oh, you're mad. Oh, you mad. Yeah, yeah. So it, it confirmed to me that I, for me, I was, I'm back in. I'm back in with God. And God awesome. is, I don't know what's going to happen. I yeah. feel like something powerful is going to happen. And that's why this is happening. Um, and it just confirmed for me to to stay close. And I and I did. <laughs> and, I, and I have been that's ever awesome. since. And so for me, a lot of the ways that God talks to me and a lot of the ways that God deals with me is through visions, through writings. Um, I now keep a two-way journal where on, on one side in the daytime, in the morning, I write my feelings and what I'm what I'm thinking and what I even want to know and then I put my pen on the other side of the page on the right hand side and I just wait for him to write and he does awesome awesome and every time it what he says comes through it's never the answer I think I'm gonna get but it always answers my question wow and when I look at it I'm like I mean, thank God for giving me the wonderful brain I have, but I'm not that smart. Like this did not come from me. Right. And it's the same thing I get when I I, now, you know, I feel like the 20 years has been a great, um, this year marks the 20 years of me being here. I can now look back and look at every time I've written a song that's just come out. I didn't, I wasn't trying it to, it wasn't forcing it. Every time I've tried to just write a song and it just came out in five minutes and it was a really great song that people really love or all these things that were just training 
for what I do now. All the times when I was on a TV set or I was hosting even, I. it's funny you talked about hosting. I did not want to be a host at all. I was offended that they asked me to really? be one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I was a singer. Yeah, and yeah. I don't you know who I am? <laughs> I was on Saved by the Bell. (laughs) (laughs) I know Mario Lopez. (laughs) Don't you know I got discovered on Saved by the Bell? Yeah. Um, I was a singer and I had been on all these television shows and one of the television shows hit me up and was like, would you like to come in and host? And to me that meant, so was my career over? (laughs) Like... Now I'm going to be the one asking the singers the questions that it was a, it wow. offended me but because wow. I need the I needed the money I went to the audition Was that the PBS thing? No, or? the no. PBS thing was recent. Okay. I've been TV hosting now for 15 years. Wow. So wow. I went, I remember I went in that time and I um I just remember picturing Ron Burgundy <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to be Ron Burgundy. How dare you ask me to be this hosty host? Yeah. And out of my rebellion to it, I was like, I'm just going to be myself. And they're just going to have to deal with it. And they loved it. And it worked. That's awesome. And I met Hoppe on TV, my really? husband, because I interviewed him. Really? <laughs> okay, that's, how, that's how it happened. We have our meeting on TV, and the girls watch it all the time. We have us meeting for the that first time so on cool. TV. That it's is so cool. That is so great. Cool. But during all those times, like all those things, I was just like, I don't want to do that. It taught me so much. And then wow. when I had amazing producers at the beginning, and I would go from that, like amazing producers, amazing music, amazing, all this handed me on a silver platter, to the next set would be maybe really ghetto and the producer didn't know what he was doing and and, and I was just so annoyed because I was like God why are you taking me backwards like why did you bring me here for it to not work but meanwhile I was learning how to do their job I had to do their job wow. I had to do the producer's job wow. so wow. I had so I then was learning that entire time yeah how to put together a show that's incredible and how to how to moderate a conversation to get to the hope at the end of it to leave the audience with something really great. At the time, I hated it because I was like, "You guys aren't doing your job. Why am I having yeah. to do this?" Yeah, yeah. Now, like you said, I'm being invited to, you know, to host these panels, host these shows, and have the most amazing conversations. So that's the other thing. Sometimes I, at the beginning of the panel situations, now there's panels everywhere, right? At the beginning of the panels, uh, being a thing. I was just like hoping to be on a panel to maybe share the wisdom, whatever. Yeah. And they would invite me on to be the moderator. And I'd be like, I mean, that's cool, but yeah, yeah. But now what I'm able to really do, oh man, I'm in prayer right before that. And I can really set the tone for the conversation and set the tone for what the audience is going to receive. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that's so cool. It's amazing. It's amazing. And every day I'm like... Jesus, I don't know why you did this, but thank you. And all those times, I think about all those ungrateful, rebellious times of me going like, why do you even have me here? And the whole time, there's a plan, you know? There's a plan even in, even in, you know, losing my kids. The fact that I now have a brand, several brands that now center around motherhood. Yeah. That's what was completely ripped from me yeah redeemed it restored it yeah yeah and so now that's a lot of what i do is you know is is mom media and for me it's really important because 
um, like the Mama Morsels podcast, they're really short episodes, yeah. like three minutes, nine minutes, yeah. six yeah. minutes. And they're lessons that I've either learned, lessons that I'm still learning. A lot of them came from when I did the first show, the Mom Life Yo show, and I was interviewing a different mom every single time. Every mom was like a mirror to me. And wow. so I would see what I was doing, what I didn't want to do, mm-hmm. what I wanted to do better. Every single one just kind of sharpened me and who I wanted to be as a mom and what message I wanted to put out into the world. So that was a lot of good training. And so sometimes somebody would say something that I would then go home and apply because I was like, that's really good. And it would change everything. Wow. Um, and so that's what I talk about in the Mama Morsels podcast. At the moment, it's a solo cast, but next season it, I'm opening up it up to featured guests. But for me, it's very much the tagline is bite-sized pivots to break the cycles. Wow. And for me, it's about breaking the cycles that that are the toxic cycles that we've either grown up with or that we are even doing to ourselves now. Even from the time my kids are born to now, as a mom, I just, you just start recognizing all the mistakes and all the patterns that you had to break, right? Totally, totally, totally. Because I don't want to then pass them along to my own kids. But at the same time, honoring the generation that came before, you know, honoring my mom. She, I can't believe she did that. I can't believe she raised all of us girls in this kind of world and the fact that she was for my passions and for my career as opposed to being like, no, yeah. especially ministers, you know, totally. to yeah, let totally. me come out and do this. I, yeah, I just don't amazing. know how she did it and I don't know how my dad did it, but they did. So for me, that podcast and, and the things that I speak about now are to to break those cycles because when it comes to moms, I just think that if we really, really feed moms, if we really lift up moms, if we really give moms a sense of hope, that's what they're going to pass to their kids. That's what we're going to leave on to the next generation. That's right. Brilliant. And more than anything, like my brand is going to die with me. My, my seat, my, my music, my album, whatever. But if I can leave that for the generations to come, if I can help that mom who is either going through postpartum depression right now or who felt the same way that I did when you know my when my second child was born it was completely different than my first child and I didn't know what was going on you know all of those things if I can bring them a sense of hope and they become and they're they can fill themselves up with that therefore be better mamas to their kids in whatever the way that looks for them and their family then it'll pass on for generations yeah you're pastoring is that is that the job? You're, you're the best person to ask. You're shepherding. <laughs> you're you're shepherding moms. You're a mama shepherd, you know? And and that that's awesome. Pastor T. Um, <laughs> you know, I was also I was also thinking about like just twenty sixteen. Like you were talking about like like twenty sixteen you were there, you experienced this spiritual awakening. But you know what I was thinking when you were talking about that. That was in the air, like just like not just like 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 this whole idea of spiritual. Like I remember, like back in 2016, 2015, that was like the era of. Do you remember Periscope? Yes. The app, like, like so that. So you were doing like Facebook Live and Periscope. Yes, I was like, so I'd be on Periscope all the time, and I'd be getting all these followers, but all these followers were like. Uh, like these, I don't know, like Wiccan kind of spiritualist. Like yes. there was a like a fairy reader, like or hmm. like she would get fairy forecasts and so like. So I was getting all these follows from uh, from all these. So I so I was curious, what are they doing on Periscope? So I would so we'd follow each other, and 
And I was starting to get freaked out because a lot of the terminology, a lot of the words that we were using, they were using as well. So yes. they were using words like awakening, yep. uh, revival. They were even, at one point, this one guy was like talking about this rumble. Well, in 2016, that was like, we were all talking about like the West Coast rumble. And like, so we were picking up the same stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Different. Uh, we're, we're going through Jesus, mm -hmm. but still, like, there was, the, like, this spiritual aw awakening, this thing that was really – and I had forgotten that dynamic until you had, until you actually brought this up. Like, it was during that time when you were kind of, like, the vision, the vision realm started open. Jesus is revealing himself, but there was also this very real tug-of-war, this very real spiritual fight for, you know, what direction are you going to – are you gonna go? It very much was that. It very much was that for me, and and things were revealing themselves to me left and right, whether they were from God or not. It was it was just they were open and they were forceful, and um, they were you know. What's interesting was after that when I when I was just like oh something happened. <laughs> yeah. and I was talking to God and I I didn't know whether to feel guilty. You know I didn't know what to feel, and then he. For me, it was absolutely all for a reason and for a purpose because then he started to take me back through all those visions that had been happening, even in, in those few months where I where I went somewhere and I, didn't, I don't know where exactly I went. But he was taking me back through all those visions and he was showing me where he was and where he wasn't because some of those visions would give me a clear scripture to go along with it, really? which, which, is, which was kind of the trick because I, wow. I was going, oh, so this is God, you know? Wow. Um, but he was showing me where he was and where he wasn't, what was from him and what wasn't, and it really helped me to discern what what was what because there was a difference. It was like, I mean, it's the counterfeit and the real. It was like, it was like a, a mocktail where it like tastes like something, yeah. And then you have a drink of wine or you have a drink of something, and you're like, oh, that's the real deal, Holyfield. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was showing me even in the visions that it's interesting because I'm like, so you did you let me go through that? What happened there? And it really was for a purpose because it was like it was boot camp after that because he started to show me things that I and I was ready and I wanted them wow, and I was incredible. ready for them. And he was it was training. It was training and it was happening fast. And um, it got me aligned really quickly and then from there it wasn't just about that then it was just like just wanting to be with jesus in the garden of my heart every day you know and from there like the more that i got attached and close and 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 feeling of the real the more everything else was so clear so clearly counterfeit yeah. um wow and yeah, it, I mean, it was during that time. It was like boot camp for me, and I was still, I was still though trying to figure it out on the surface because on the surface level, there were still things that I was doing. There was even still like things that I, I was talking about on the show, or things that I was, I was um, on my old show, or things that I, jobs that I was doing that weren't quite aligning there. Sure, sure. But sure. I, but it was, it happened fast. It happened quickly, and then from there. From there, it really changed my whole house. It changed my whole home. It changed my whole family, and it happened quick. And God was telling me that. He was telling me that every time I'd go into a vision, 
he would tell he he there was something about getting my house in order he was like get your house in order because it's coming and it's coming quick that was always the message and i was like what is coming tell me uh but uh you know it was all good it, i felt like it was going to be good but I, I i remember sitting and having a conversation with someone that i really trusted who um is a really great friend of mine <laughs> and she also grew up in church and i was like something's happening i don't know what's happening i don't know what god's about to make me do and he she's like like what like some type of ministry i'm like i think so and i'm scared <laughs> like, I, didn't know. I didn't know what yeah. was gonna happen yeah i didn't know what that was gonna look like i didn't know did that mean i have to quit my show and and go teach children's ministry at church. I didn't know what that meant. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but he slowly but surely, and I don't know, I'm not going to say slow, quickly, but surely um, started just chiseling it down to what it was supposed to be. And um, my husband, uh, Hapa, who you'll talk to, he, he went to church when he was younger, didn't necessarily... Um, grow up in the same things <laughs> that I did. Sure. And I think I held back a lot from him because I was too afraid to scare him. <laughs> Be like, and then my dad cast out a demon and he flew up and down. And <laughs> I didn't, I just, I wouldn't tell him all that. But, um, but then he saw me just like in the word every day. And, um, and there were things that I was praying over him when he didn't even know, you know, and things that God was showing me about him that, that I hadn't shared yet with my husband that I just kept in, in my heart and kept praying for them. And what I didn't understand what was happening at the time is because God had given me a vision mm-hmm. of my husband or a vision of my family. And to, at the time for me, it didn't seem impossible. But again, like the singing thing, I was like, ah, maybe in about three years, that'll be the level of my husband's faith. It's going to grow. And it's, yeah. I'm going to be so happy when yeah. that happens. Um, what I realized now was happening was that it was me in the heavens, having the heavenly perspective and God showing me, no, 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 here's time. I'm outside of time, here's time. Here's what's already happened. This is not me giving you a vision of what I'm hoping to do. This has happened. So now when you pray it, you, you're calling it to earth. That's right. So I didn't understand why I kept, I would see something and be like, okay, I'm gonna pray over that and pray over it. And it would happen within you know, days or a month or something like that. And that's what happened even even with my husband. And I've told him this You accelerate recently. time when you step out of it, right? Like when you begin to see reality through the Father's eyes, and then you begin to, now you're not just praying your desires, now you're praying the Father's desires with with that kind of radical faith because you've seen it. Because I've seen it. I've yeah. seen so it. It's like so you, for me, it's you always see there's it, a vision you speak or I can it, write and then it. it. Yeah. There's yeah. A, it, for me, it's either vision form, song form. He will give me a song or writing it out that's the, just the way he speaks to me um and i it, yeah i would see it and i've told my husband this already but even you know on one particular day like it was my birthday and i i was just like okay here's what i want god <laughs> here's what i've been seeing here's what i'm praying that's gonna happen in my mind i didn't realize at the time no that's that's what's happened you're just calling it here's what i'm praying and I, you know, I want to pray for my husband and I want to surrender him to you because I want to stop. I, I don't want to try to make him sure, do sure. the thing. Like he's just got to come to you and it's not, it's not supposed to be me. Right. I'm not supposed to impose my, what I think he, how I think he should have faith or whatever. And I really think we need to like get back into church. I would love that. But I didn't really see that for my whole family because at the time I was, I was taking the girls to church sometimes. 
um, because I was like, I need to go somewhere with these visions. I got to talk to somebody. <laughs> I talked to you at the time. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, for my birthday, that's what I, that's what my prayer was. And I was like, so I'm going to give that to you because that's your department. Three days later, my husband said, I think we should go to church. Wow. I think we should go to church as a family. Wow. And I was like, uh, okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. And meanwhile, I'm like, <gasps> You're like, well, if you think so, (laughs) I mean, I'm, you know, I've been to church. Sure. Yeah. Why not? No, I was rejoicing inside my heart. Um, And then since that day, oh, man, the power of having my husband with me worshiping and literally the exact visions that I had had, I would open my eyes sometimes while we're worshiping and I see it. And it's crazy and it's amazing. And then, of course, that just bleeds into our kids and our family time. And um, he's got a dad podcast. And I just think for me specifically, it's it's the moms, it's music, it's media, it's being able to, you know, moderate, produce those conversations in the way that they're uplifting in the way that they're for me i'm always pointing to jesus whether that's what we're talking to about or not mm-hmm, in that mm-hmm. conversation um and then for us together as a family i think for us it's it's a really big call for family and not just family but family against the things that others would see as adversity which is the jobs that we do are crazy you know, just even being an entrepreneur is crazy, let alone an entrepreneur in entertainment. And my husband does do, he's, he's, I mean, here, I'm going to toot his horn as his wife. He's the pioneer. He goes out to uncharted waters and creates curriculum for things that there have not been curriculum for before. And then when that's done, he moves it along and takes it farther or goes somewhere else. And what's interesting is I never knew that he, could have such a level of faith that is that's what is growing now because he's such a logical okay. thinking person who's successful at his what he does wow. at the strategies that he ends up so I, I I you know as his wife and as the person who knows him the best I just didn't ever I I didn't know maybe I didn't have the faith yet to believe that like He's successful on his own and with his own ideas, with so his own he's human able ideas. To, like because he's able to formulate it and strategize it and then execute it, why would this guy really need to be dependent right. on the Lord? Right. And he is now. Yeah. And it's amazing because even in this year, I think God has done such a turnaround. And it shouldn't surprise me that he keeps doing it so quickly, but it's been happening so quickly. You know, it's been happening. Every little thing and and once i've once i've you know made it my want wanted to stay true to my mission and my calling in god for on behalf you know on behalf of the moms on behalf of this media stuff once i make that my priority all the other jobs that come in and that are like you know we're going to pay you this we're going to pay you that and i and i say no to them and now at first that was hard because as someone who's grown up in, or you know, has come up in this business of hustle, 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 mm-hmm. your your job is twenty four hours a day. That's what you do. Um, kind of like what my parents went yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of like traditional ministry. Yeah, yeah. it's twenty four hours a day. So for someone like me or like my husband to say, no, we're only going to do our purpose 
No, we wow. have family wow. time and block it out. Like he blocks that out on his calendar and sends it to his team. I'm with my kids from this time to this time, just like he would a meeting at Microsoft. Sure, just, sure, you know. Sure. And so these are the priorities and God honors it. And even in our times of transition, you know, when we're going through crazy transition right now, career change, just everything, even in those times, God just sends sends over the birds with the finances for you know whatever and i'm not and i'm not talking about people knocking on our door i'm sure. talking about this brand calls with this amazing opportunity hey you want to show up and post a photo yeah and get you know yeah. <laughs> some serious money yeah. like those type of things where i'm amazing. like what yes because they've been watching our voice on our platform and they've been watching what we're putting out and I get those comments now all the time whereas before when that wasn't focused when I wasn't focused on really spreading that it wasn't always happening but um, really interesting. That is. That, that's so cool. You know, what, one of the things that, that I love about this particular conversation is because I get to host conversations like this, but usually with, um, you know, pastors or prophets or evangelists or teachers or, you know, this kind of thing. But what I love about this particular conversation is I'm just thinking about like Jesus, who Jesus was, you know, who Jesus is. But the ministry that he modeled. The only the only title he ever used was son, right? So when we look at the ministry of Jesus, he was he was a pastor. You know, he's got his three, he's got his twelve, he's got the one, the seven, he's got the one twenty, he's got his crew, and, but then he's a teacher. He's he's got the sermon on. He's preach, He's doing these sermons. He's like he's the pattern teacher. Right. He's an apostle, and that he's only going to be. He's only does public ministry for three years. Right. And then he's going to. And then to he's going to empower. <laughs> he's going to hand the whole corporation over to these twelve guys. You know, after th- after only three years, I mean, like now now you go and do this world changing, world restoring movement that's gonna that's gonna make everything like Eden again, you know, like uh, and, and so like he's the pattern apostle, he's all of these things, but but um uh and, and I just think about like the, and that's the invitation. He's like, come and follow me, and I'll train you to do it, what I do. Come, you know, yeah. And and that's one of the things I love about this this particular conversation is we're exposing people to this bigger narrative of what Jesus is doing um, outside of, you know, most people that would probably follow this podcast, they they would follow different ministries and different church services and different conferences, but they might have no idea that Jesus is doing this kind of stuff in LA yeah. um, through apostles, pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, but it's not taking place in church meetings and it's not taking place at these church conferences, but there's, 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 there, there are stages, conferences, convenings, panels, and it's and it's and it's and it's the glory. The glory of God is coming and revealing the Son yeah. through people like you, through people like your husband. And I just think that's I think that's incredible. You're not being boxed in by this t- title of prophet or by this title of pastor, right. but you're getting to serve in whatever function Jesus wants to ignite in you in that place. There's times when you're teaching. There's times when it's almost like you're organically prophesying. Yeah. There's there's times when you're building, yeah, and you're building a wine skin and structures, yes, and, and this is what Jesus is doing, and, it, and it's so yeah. unorthodox, and it's so. But I love the fact that we're getting to expose people tonight to a ministry that is, it, that it's just so powerful. Like 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 Jesus is restoring this earth. Like yeah. this is His kingdom in, agenda and plan, and He's moving area. wherever He wants. I was writing in my in my two way journal the other day, <laughs> and I was talking about um, I was talking 
I was talking to God saying, you know, I don't even have anything to complain about. God, you are just moving. I see it. It's amazing. Uh, I just, you know, all these things, because we're human, these things come about. And I, I honestly, I just want to be completely free, completely free of my old self. Um, and then he wrote back with my hand. <laughs> he wrote back and said, daughter, you are free. Yes. If you are free. You are free. And if you need the weighty words of a parent to say that to you, then hear your father now say that you are free. Awesome. And he said, why do people run from me to find freedom just to come back and realize that I am freedom, but then set limits on their creativity? Wow. And that to me was like, what? I wasn't even asking for that one. But... It's just what you were saying. It's like there, even when I want to box myself in, because I used to have to write, you know, even now sometimes when I have to submit a photo because I'm going to be on whatever show, they always ask, well, what title would you like? And I'm like, what should I choose this time? TV host and speaker, (laughs) recording artist or what? And and sometimes I, I did feel like I had to put myself in that box. Even when I started doing the mom stuff at the very beginning of it, I was like, oh, now I'm in the mommy box. How do yeah. I feel about that? Yeah. And him saying that to me, him saying like, you know, why did I am freedom? That's good. So why do people, while they're doing this work, while they're in me, while they're moving with me, why do they set limits on their creativity? And it's just that that for me is a constant check. Yeah. I have to constantly check myself and go, you know, number one, is this of God? Is this for me to do? And uh, with the Mama Morsels podcast, I remember I it was after I had done the Mom Life Yo show and I'd had a few years with it. And it was at the very beginning. Now there are mom podcasts everywhere. But at the beginning, there wasn't any. There was one other one that we knew about. And so we had a we had a long time with it. And when we were done, we were done. And it was good. And I was just like, you know what? We're just done because we did a good job. Um, I had no interest in starting another podcast yeah. in the mom space or starting another mommy anything. Because I was like, I just, <laughs> I'm okay right now. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take a break from it. And Hoppa, my husband, was one day just sitting with me in those couple of weeks that I was taking to just, you know, uh, just like declutter my brain and try to figure out what was going to happen next. I was putting a lot of like love into my house and making sure that it felt peaceful in my house. That's just what I was doing while I was thinking about things. And he was like, so are you not going to do any mom stuff right now? Like, I don't, I feel like you really found a voice there and I don't want you to lose it. And I was like, I'm not going to lose it. I still, you know, I'm at the events. I, I, I speak on the panels. I just have no interest in actually doing my doing my starting a whole new mom thing right now i'd have no interest (laughs) right it's like all right i just want to make sure that you're not just mad at it or exhausted from it or said oh thank you but i'm good yeah um and then i went to sleep that night and the next morning i woke up and as i'm driving the kids to school I was listening to something completely different. And then the next episode of whatever came on, on on YouTube and it was Sean Bowles talking about creativity. Wow. And as he was speaking, <laughs> all of these puzzle pieces started to come into my mind for a new podcast. Wow. I was like, no, I was trying to shoo them away. Like I'm taking a break. I'm taking a break. But it was, 
you know, I, for all of that time, I had highlighted other people's stories. I had brought them and I have, I, I'm a genuinely curious person. I love to know other people's stories. I love to lift other people's stories up. I love for them to find the stories in them that they didn't even know were there when I asked the questions. I love all of it. But what started to come into my mind were, were my own stories and my own lessons and things that I actually talk to other people about in conversation, but things that would take all of three minutes to say. And in my mind, I was like, that doesn't make a podcast. Three minutes does not make a podcast. And then I <laughs> was like, God talking to me like, why doesn't three minutes make a podcast? Wow. It was me going back and forth. Yeah. And what? And that's where that was birthed. And that's incredible. It was me having to get out of my own way. Me having to stop putting that's a good word. what I knew to, to in the same box that I always knew it to be in. That's a Yeah, it's a good word. That's really a good word. And... Um, uh, I thought I'd share this with you just in closing. So um, I've always kind of struggled because, you know, just this whole idea of like being a pet. Like, so when I was growing up, I wanted to be a filmmaker, you know. And so me and my buddies, we'd make these movies. Yeah. And like in every month, every month we'd have like the movie of the month, January, February, March. And they're always the same. We were always just killing each other with BB guns, you know, ketchup everywhere. Like nice. really, really violent. Like, Western? Yeah, more like mafia. Like, like, nice. like you know, like. <laughs> And so, uh, and my relatives were always concerned about, like my uncle one time talked to my mom, was like, I'm concerned about your son. I watched one of his movies, like, you know, he needs prayers, deliverance or something. <laughs> but like, it's, so then like, um, there was this point where, where it kind of felt like that dream died or got murdered or something. You know, there's that point where it was like, that, that's just not r reality. That's not ever going to happen. And then just kind of figuring out, okay, so I got to get a job. If I ever want to get married, I got to get a job. Like just trying to think of like coming of yeah. age and just responsibility and all this kind of stuff. And then getting the call to be a pastor was amazing. Like that story, the prophetic words, all like, like, you know, so I've always felt like ever since I said yes to the Lord, I've been like living the dream. You know, there's never been this point where I was like, uh, I wish I would, you know what I'm I saying? I had to give up this to be over here. Yeah. Every yeah. now and then I would, I would reflect on like what, you know, like God, you know, but there's always this thing of like, you know, um, even though I feel like I'm living the dream, like this idea of being a, a local church pastor, how much influence do I, do I have, you know, being a local church past, like, and, uh, and I know that influence gets overused. I knew that that word gets overused and, and, but there was always this thing that in my heart where, where it felt like if I could have made film, if I could have done something that was bigger, that it would have, it would have mattered more. And, and just, you know, like when you just want your life to matter yeah. and then wondering like, you know, Lord, what can you really do with me here? And so I, I just got to share this with you because it was like, 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 this moment in like if I, if you're gonna call like being a pastor career like in a pastoral career like that one of like these moments of like these high elated like like where I where I wanted to just like start jumping around cheering and maybe I did I don't remember <laughs> is when I was I was I was I was going through your Instagram stories and you were you were at, you were at the Sesame Street Studios. Right, so like a child of the eighties, yes, like like just Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah. so PBS you were doing the PBS for musicology, yeah, I was hosting a and you show. were like, and I thought it was weird because you were like, I'm going to church today. Yeah, but you were at PBS too, like at Sesame Street Studios. Yeah. And so I'm like, what she's, what is she doing? <laughs> and then you had a movie clip, and I and you were watching our service at Survival Center, yeah. and I was preaching, and like, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm preaching <laughs> at Sesame Street. <laughs> 
like like I was like like I was like oh like OMG OMG I, like I was like I was freaking out I was like to me that oh was like gosh. the coolest that was yeah. like the coolest the coolest thing just be you know it, you know just seeing like ah, that's me, ah you know yeah. I'm like I'm here but I'm there I'm here yes. I'm there. Oh my and so gosh. like I just wanted to share that with with you because yeah. I don't know you know yeah I, but, I would watch it in the dressing room in my dressing room yeah and then the makeup artist would come in and she'd be doing and then she would be I'm like oh I'm at church but come and do my makeup <laughs> and she would be doing it and you would be live or it would be um, a replay or uh, yeah yeah that's so of what, course I like I immediately called Andrea Andrea, I'm preaching at Sunday Street. Stop ah, it! You know, you did. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's like awesome. that was one of those. That was one of those. This. So I just think God's cool. You know, yes. God's just so cool how he how he does stuff and and just your story. Like just at this meeting with this 16 year old preacher, where you're like God, like it's just doing this thing with him, that and how so God crazy. just honored it, and how God's honoring you and your husband, your family, and so T like. We're, I'm cheering you on. Like, I'm cheering your husband. I mean, it's Thank so you. cool watching you, you guys, guys from a distance. You guys have been such a blessing to our lives. You, I can't even tell you. Um, you as a pastor, you and your wife and your family, just as a family, the church. Can we please give a shout out to Sandy right now? Uh, I can't yeah. even yeah. say it. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Just a huge You've shout out to Sandy. You've been able to build a relationship with, with Sandy. <sighs> with Sandy, for maybe some of our listeners, Sandy's one of our pastors and elders at Seattle Revival Center. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I know she's so stinking proud of you, and she's always like, "T, have you talked to her?" I was like, "I don't really talk to T. You do, you know." She's <laughs> I like, love her she's, so much. She's like, "T, she's so cool. She's, you know." So, I love her so much, and she's she's texts me like, "I'm praying for you," and you know, because I'll send her like, "Here's what I'm doing," and it's in a and it's in a room full of women, and here's what's so happening, cool. and um, you know, and oh. Sandy's like a mom to me as well, and just being just a, a super, she's super perfect. She's a seer, but above all this stuff. She cares and she yeah. really carries people in her heart and she really like she's just such a trusted member mm-hmm. on our when I when I became a little sorry when I when I first stepped into pastoral ministry uh, she had this dream like this very like this prophetic kind of warning dream and and the fact that she like and we had no relationship when I stepped into pastoral ministry like we knew of each other you know what I'm saying but that was about it like like I just knew of her, like you know she had authority and whatever but like she didn't even have any sort of title at SRC or anything and so her and then my my pastor pastor Gail sat down and she just shared with me just very this very un, uncensored kind of warning dream wow. and I knew at that moment I could trust her Hmm. You know, just this, it, she, there was no strings attached. There was no like, hey, so you're going to need me for the next five. There wasn't that at all. Right. But I just knew I wanted somebody like that close to me mm-hmm. because I didn't, I don't want to surround myself with people that are just going to tell me, Darren, you're the best ever. You know, I right. really want people that will just tell me the truth and like, you know, and that's totally, that's totally Sandy, you yeah. know, you know that she loves you. So she's just going to be straight with you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you very know? much so. And and I think woman to woman, not just, um, yes, in, in all of the ways as it pertains to God, as it pertains to like intimacy with Jesus, all of that. But even for uh, men, I think, you know, I don't know if it's like this when, when men get together, but when women get together and I think, 
I held myself back from that for so long for a couple of reasons. Number one, I had so many sisters that I was like, I don't need more women in my life. <laughs> right. This is enough. Um, but I was also just very introverted and was like, I didn't trust girls all that much yeah. because, you know, it's just a lot going on there. But when women get together and really share and really build each other up, and that's the other thing when it comes to like the women's empowerment movement and all of that, there's some things going on there that are like, oh, interesting. And then there are other things that are really amazing. Mm -hmm. um, because when we build, when we are, are talking to each other about um, whether it's, it's your spirituality, your walk with God, but also just like what that means to you as a wife, mm -hmm. what that means to you as a mom, when you're having to pour into your children, when you feel empty yourself and, um, for, for, for one woman to be, you know, so kind as to share those experiences with another woman is just everything because it's, 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 it's tough, you know, it's tough to find women specifically that are, that are trustworthy enough that, that don't have that gossiping thing in them that aren't going to go spread yeah. the news everywhere. And yeah, so I love that. And I love Sandy for that reason. Yeah, that's awesome. Well. well, I know she loves you. T, thank you so much <laughs> for, you for so doing much. this. This was amazing. This I was amazing. I love your story. I love what Jesus is doing through you and your family. You guys are modeling something that's very healthy. It's very real. Um, and, uh, and and it's so cool to, to d go deeper here and just kind of to get this story out to, to our to our our stream, you know, and I believe it's going to inspire people. I want everybody. All right. I want everybody to <laughs> make sure you connect with T and of course, Hoppa. And um, but let's be praying for these guys. Let's be praying Please. and cover, like let's covenant to pray for T and Hoppa because they're really on the front lines of something that's very cool. It's very influential, and Jesus is using them uh, 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 in a fivefold ministry kind of way, but in a very unorthodox kind of way. So can we do that, guys? Yes, absolutely. Please, please and thank you. I thank you in advance for all of your prayers. I always. Feel feel them i really do i always feel like when something is piercing through right now especially in hollywood especially in this industry we are piercing through it is like a hot knife to butter we can just wow. go get right through wow. and i truly truly believe that it is because of all the prayers of you know people like you people like your church like uh, people who really know what it means to come together and open the portal over media yeah. over you know ministry and media over anything that has to do with that when i'm doing it i absolutely feel it like there is nothing that can that stands in in my way when everything should in this industry yeah that's right when i that's walk right. into a room I've been here for long enough to know exactly what I come up against, and and it used to um, stop me from walking in the room, if if wow. or I'd have to conform to the room. And right now, I can I, because of prayers from people that that I love, like my own parents who cover me still, even as I that's have awesome. my own yeah, family, awesome. from you guys, from Sandy. Um, I really do feel like when we walk in with what God has for the women, for the mothers, for the families, for the dads now with my husband, for the people in media, for the people who are creators, for the people who are creating media that's going to go forth and touch people. I feel it. I feel the path opened for me in a place that it shouldn't be. Wow. It really shouldn't be. Wow. Like doors opened that shouldn't 
be open for me. Yeah. Even though I've even though I've I've done the work, yeah. there are things that like well now I'm a, a mom, but you want me to like you're gonna just fling this door open even though this person's over here? Yes, I that that aligns. Let's do it. Um, I really do feel that. So thank you in advance for all those prayers because we feel them. Yeah, we, we got to cover do. our Hollywood missionaries in prayer, yes, right? <laughs> come on, come on. Well, thanks again. This thank is you. awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Listen, before you go, it'd be mighty fun of you if you take a second or two to go into iTunes and rate and review this podcast. Reviews are a big deal. It's what helps us be set apart. So if you'd take that second or two to rate and review us, you can give us one star and that means that you think this thing is kind of lame or you can give us five stars and that means that you think this thing is dope. It's tight. It's righteous. It's off the flipping chain. So if you do that, that'd be amazing. Also put in some words like, oh my goodness, the Supernatural Podcast show is like the best thing ever. I, I, can't, I can't believe I didn't start listening to this sooner. Everybody needs to listen. All right, well, you, <laughs> you get the idea. Listen, we love you. We're cheering you on. Keep going after the things of God. We'll see you soon.